0: Chapter 13, Building the Bridge. He woke up Saturday morning with a dull headache. It was still early, but he got up. He wanted to do the milking. His father had done it ever since Thursday night, but he wanted to go back to it to somehow make things normal again. He shut P.T. in the shed, and the dog's whimpering reminded him of Maybell and made his headache worse, but he couldn't have P.T. yapping at Miss Bessie while he tried to milk. No one was awake when he brought the milk in to put it away, so he poured a warm glass for himself and got a couple of pieces of light bread. He wanted his paints back, and he decided to go down and see if he could find them. He let P.T. out of the shed and gave the dog a half a piece of bread. It was a beautiful spring morning. Early wildflowers were dotting the deep green of the fields, and the sky was clean and blue. The creek had fallen well below the bank and seemed less terrifying than before. A large branch was washed up into the bank, and he hauled it up to the narrowest place and laid it bank to bank. He stepped on it, and it seemed firm, so he crossed on it, foot over foot to the other side, grabbing the smaller branches which grew out from the main one toward the opposite bank to keep his balance. There was no sign of his pains. He landed slightly upstream from Terabithia. If it still was... If it was still Terabithia, if it could be entered across a branch instead of swung into. P.T. was left crying piteously on the other side. Then the dog took courage and paddled across the stream. The current carried him past Jess, but he made it safely to the bank and ran back, shaking great drops of cold water on Jess. They went into the castle stronghold. It was dark and damp, but there was no evidence there to suggest that the queen had died He felt the need to do something fitting, but Leslie was not here to tell him what it was again. Leslie, I'm just a dumb dodo, and you know it. What am I supposed to do? The coldness inside of him had moved upward to his throat, constricting it. He swallowed several times. It occurred to him that he probably had cancer of the throat. Wasn't that one of the seven deadly signs? Difficulty in swallowing? He began to sweat. He didn't want to die. Lord, He was just 10 years old. He had hardly begun to live. Leslie, were you scared? Did you know you were dying? Were you scared like me? A picture of Leslie being sucked into the cold water flashed across his brain. Come on, Prince Tarion, he said quite loudly. We must make a funeral wreath for the queen. He sat in the clear space between the bank and the first line of trees and bent bent a pine bow into a circle, tying it with a piece of wet string from the castle. And because it looked cold and green, he picked spring beauties from the forest floor and wove them among the needles. He put it down in front of him. A cardinal flew to the bank, cocked its brilliant head, and seemed to stare at the wreath. P.T. let out a growl, which sounded more like a purr. Jess put his hand on the dog to quiet him. The bird hopped about a moment more, then flew leisurely away. It's a sign from the spirits, Jess said quietly. We made a worthy offering. He walked slowly as part of a great procession, though only the puppy could be seen, slowly forward carrying the queen's wreath to the sacred grove. He forced himself deep into the dark center of the grove and kneeling laid the wreath upon the thick carpet of the golden needles. Father, into thy lands I commend her spirit. He knew Leslie would have liked those words. They had the ringing of the sacred grove in them. The solemn procession wound its way through the sacred grove homeward to the castle, like a... single bird across a, a storm cloud sky a tiny piece winged its way through the chaos inside his body help jesse help me screamed shattered the quietness Jess raced to the sound of maybell's cry she had gotten halfway across the bridge the tree bridge and now stood there grabbing the upper branches terrified to move either forward or backward okay Maybelle. the words came out more steadily than he felt just hold still i'll get you he was not sure the branch would hold the weight of both of them. He looked down at the water. It was low enough for him to walk across, but still swift. Suppose it swept him off his feet. He decided for the branch. He inched out onto it until he was close enough to touch her. He, he'd he have to get back to her her back to the home side of the creek. Okay, he said. Oh, now back up. I can't. I'm right here, Maybell. You think I'm going to let you fall? Here. He put out his right hand. Hold on to me and slide sideways on the thing. She let her go with her left hand for a moment and then grabbed the branch again. I'm scared, Jesse. I'm too scared. Of course you're scared. Anybody would be scared. Just you got to trust me, okay? I'm not going to let you fall. Maybell. I promise you. She nodded her eyes, still wide with fear, but she let go of the branch and took his hand, straightening a little and swaying. He gripped her tightly. Okay, now, it ain't fair. Just slide your right... It ain't far. Just slide your right foot a little way and then bring your left foot up close. I forgot which is right. The front one, he said patiently. The one closest to home. She nodded again and obediently moved her right foot a few inches. Now, just let go of the branch with your other hand and hold on tight. She let go of the branch and squeezed his hand. Good. You're doing great. Now slide a little ways more. She swayed but did not scream. Just dug her little fingernails into the palm of his hand. Great. Fine. You're all right. The same quiet, assuring voice of the paramedics on emergency. But his heart was bon going against his chest. Okay, okay, a little more. Now, when her right foot came to the last part of the branch, which rested on the bank, she fell forward, pulling him down. Watch it, mabel He was off balance, but he fell. Not into the stream, but with his chest across Maybell's legs. His own legs waving in the empty air above the water. Whew. He was laughing with relief. What you trying to do, girl? Kill me? She shook her head, a solemn no. I know I swore on the Bible not to follow you, but I woke up this morning and you was gone. I had to do some things. She was scraping at the mud on her bare legs. I just want to find you so you will not be so lonesome. She hung her head, but I got too scared. He pulled himself around until he was sitting beside her. They watched PT swim across the current, carrying him too swiftly. But he not seeming to mind. He climbed out well below the crab apple and came running back to where they sat. Everybody gets scared sometimes, Mabel. You don't have to be ashamed. He saw a flash of Leslie's eyes as she was going into the girls' room to see Janice Avery. Everybody gets scared. P.T. ain't scared, and he even saw Leslie. It ain't the same for dogs. It's like the smarter you are, the more things can scare you. She looked at him in disbelief. But you weren't scared. Lord, Mabel, I was shaking like jello. You're just saying that, he laughed. He couldn't help being glad that she didn't believe him. He jumped up and pulled her to her feet. Let's go eat. He let her beat him into the house. When they walked into the basement classroom, he saw Mrs. Myers had already had Leslie's desk taken out of the front of the room. Of course, by Monday, Jess knew. But still, but still, at the bus stop, he looked up, half expecting to see her running up across the field, her lovely, even rhythmic run. Maybe she was already at school. Bill had dropped her off, as he did some days when he was late for the bus, when she was late for the bus. But then, when Jess came into the room, her desk was no longer there. Why were they all such in such a rush to be rid of her? He put his head down on his own desk, his whole body heavy and cold. He could not hear the sounds of whispers, but not the words. Not that he wanted to hear the words. He was suddenly ashamed that he had thought he might be regarded with respect by the other kids. Trying to profit for himself from Leslie's death. I wanted to be the best, the fastest runner in the school, and now I am. Lord, he made himself sick. He didn't care what the others said or what they thought, just as long as they left him alone, just so long as he didn't have to talk to them or meet their stares. They had all hated Leslie, except maybe Janice. Even after they'd given up trying to make Leslie miserable, they would kept on despising her, as though she were one of them worth the nail on Leslie's little toe. And even he himself had entertained the traitorous thought that now he would be the fastest. Mrs. Myers barked the command to stand for the allegiance. He didn't move. Whether he couldn't or wouldn't, he didn't really care. What could she do to him after all? Jess Aarons, will you step out in the hall, please? He raised his leaden body and stumbled out of the room. He thought he heard Gary Fultoner Giggle, but he couldn't be sure. He leaned against the wall and waited for Monster Mouth Myers to finish singing Oh Say Can You See and join him. He could hear her giving the class some sort of assignment in a rhythmic before she came out and quietly closed the door behind her. Okay, shoot, I don't care. She came over so close to him that that he could smell her dime store powder. Jesse, her voice was softer than he had ever heard it, but he didn't answer. Let her yell. He was used to that. Jesse, she repeated. I just wanted to give you my sincere sympathy. The words were like a Hallmark card, but the tone was so new to him. He looked up into her face despite himself. Behind her turned up glasses, Mrs. Meyers' narrow eyes were full of tears. For a minute, he thought he might cry himself. He and Mrs. Meyers standing in the basement hallway, crying over Leslie Bjerg. It was so weird, he almost laughed instead. When my husband died, Jess could hardly imagine Mrs. Myers ever have had a husband. People kept telling me not to cry, kept trying to make me forget. Mrs. Meyers' loving mourning. How could you picture it? But I didn't want to forget. She took her handkerchief from her sleeve and blew her nose. Excuse me, she said. This morning when I came in, someone had already taken out her desk. She stopped and blew her nose again. It, it, we. I never had such a student in all my years of teaching. I shall always be grateful. He wanted to comfort her. He wanted to unsay all the things he had said about her. Even unsay the things Leslie had said. Lord, don't let, let her even find out. So I realize, if it's hard for me, how much harder it must be for you. Let's try to help each other, shall we? Yes, ma'am. He couldn't think of anything else to say. Maybe someday when he was grown, he would write her a letter and tell her that Leslie Birke had thought she was a great teacher or something. Leslie went mine. Sometimes, like the Barbie doll, you need to give people something that's for them, not just something that makes you feel good giving it. Because Mrs. Myers had helped him already by understanding that he would never forget Leslie. He thought about it all day. How before Leslie came, he had been a nothing, a stupid, weird little kid who drew funny pictures and chased around a cow field, trying to act big, trying to hide a whole mob of foolish little fears, running riot inside his gut. It was Leslie who had taken him from the cow pasture into Terabithia and turned him into a king. He had thought that it wasn't, that it, that was it. Wasn't king the best you could be? Now it occurred to him that perhaps Terabithia was like a castle where you, came to be knighted. After you stayed for a while, you grew strong, and you had to move on. For hadn't Leslie, even in Terabithia, tried to push back the walls of his mind and make him see beyond the shining world, huge and terrible and beautiful and very fragile, handle with care, everything, even the predators? Now it was time for him to move out. She wasn't there, so he must go for both of them. It was up to him to pay back the world in beauty and caring what Leslie had loaned him in vision and strength. As for the terrors ahead, for he did not fool himself that they were all behind him. Well, you just have to stand up to your fear and not let it squeeze you white. Right, Leslie? Right. Bill and Judy came back from Pennsylvania on Wednesday with a U-Haul truck. No one ever stayed long in the old Perkins place. We came to the country for her sake. Now that she's gone, they gave Jess all of Leslie's books and her paint set with three pads of real watercolor paper. She would want you to have them, Bill said. Jess and his dad helped them load the U-Haul. At noontime, his mother brought down ham sandwiches and coffee, a little scared that the Birks won't want to eat her food, but needing Jess knew to do something. At last, the truck was filled and the errands in the Birks stood around awkwardly, no one knowing how to say goodbye. Well, Bill said, if there's anything we left that you want, please help yourself. Could I have some of that lumber on the back porch? Jess asked. Yes, of course. Anything you see, Bill hesitated. Then he continued. I meant to give you PT, he said, but he looked at Jess and his eyes were those of pleading little boy, but I can't seem to give him up. It's okay. Leslie would want you to keep him. The next day after school, Jess went down and got the lumber he needed, carrying in a couple of boards at a time to the creek bank. He put the two longest pieces across the narrow place upstream from the crabapple tree, and when he was sure they were as firm and even as he could make them, he began to nail on the cross pieces. What you doing, Jess? Mabel had followed him down again, as he had guessed she might. It's a secret, Maybelle. Tell me when I finish, okay? I swear in the Bible, I won't tell nobody. Not Billy Jean, not Joyce Ann, not Mama. She was jerking her head back and forth in solemn emphasis. Oh, I don't know about Joyce Ann. You might want to tell Joyce Ann sometime. Tell Joyce Ann something that's a secret between you and me. The idea seemed to horrify her. Yeah, I was just thinking about it. Her face saying, Joyce Ann ain't nothing but a baby. Well, she wouldn't likely be queen first off. You'd have to train her and stuff. Queen? Who gets to be queen? I'll explain it when I finish, okay? And when he finished, he put flowers in her hair and led her across the bridge. The great bridge into Terabithia which might look to someone with no magic in him like a few planks across a nearly dry gully. Shh, he said. Look, where? Can't you see him? He whispered. All the Terabithians standing on tiptoe to see you. Me? Shh, yes. There's a rumor going around that the beautiful girl arriving today might be the queen they've been waiting for.